This is episode 36 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm speaking with Elaine Sturgis. Elaine is a British-born author who spent 30 years in marketing and media before writing her first book, Gin and It. The novel, a mystery, a love story, and a comedy is dedicated to the memory of her partner, Marie. And like her, it's racy, funny, tender, and wicked. Loss and grief changed Elaine's life, and she left behind her previous career and home to become a full-time writer and filmmaker, because it's never too late to realize your dreams. She is the founder of Books Office, which has been created to find the best stories out there in a new way that shines a light on hidden and new talent with a mix of industry curation and audience participation. The Books Office system helps authors present their story in a unique way for their entertainment professionals. And it also opens up the chance for readers and viewers to help uncover future screen gems and decide what they want to see. It's a level playing field for traditionally indie and self-published authors and a new platform for unheard voices. On Books Office, it's not about how many books you've sold. It's about how good your story is. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I am so excited to have Elaine Sturgis with us. She's going to talk to us about a really exciting topic, which is taking books to screen. Hi, Elaine. How are you today? I'm great. Hello, Carly. It's lovely to be here with you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. This is going to be a great, great conversation. But I, you know, I always think a great way to start things off are, this is a little bit different because you are not a horse book writer per se, but you do have some cool equestrian uh, skills in your background. Do you want to share a little story about how horses kind of crossed over into your life? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, actually, it was kind of a, an interesting and quite unexpected um, scenario because uh, I used to run a little marketing consultancy. I, li I lived in a, a chocolate pox village in a 300-year-old house in a little place in Oxfordshire and um, one day uh, a guy wandered into the office and sat himself on the sofa and started telling us that he uh, had a project that he wanted uh, some help with and uh, that we might be interested and it turned out that he was the um, event director for Windsor International Horse Trials uh, which is um, an event that uh, is run by Princess Anne, and uh, he wanted us to handle their marketing. Um, so we were kind of thrown like headlong into uh, understanding and finding out about three-day eventing, which is actually an incredible sport. So um, yeah, so there there is some kind of crossover there. Yes, and and you know, just like anyone else in the world, book authors need to do marketing. So you know, and then marketing and horses and all these different things kind of all connect together, which is so exciting. And you got to meet Princess Anne, isn't that right? 
I did, yes. Um, uh, in fact, I I had to I had several meetings actually. I got, I managed um, to ha- to have a meeting with her, which was amazing. It's quite intimidating, to be honest. She's kind of quite a tall lady, and it's you have to curtsy and you have to remember all the protocol. Um, but she turned as it turns out, she was really lovely and very welcoming. Um, but I also got to go into the private residence at Windsor in Windsor Castle. Um, which was just extraordinary. You know, it's kind of like one of those areas that hardly anybody gets to see, um, which was an amazing experience. So, yeah, I was really lucky. It was, uh, it was incredible. Oh, that sounds like a fairy tale almost, in fact. You know, it's <laughs> like I'm over here in the, in the States and we, we, don't, we don't have the same kind of royalty or tradition. So it's like it's really exciting hearing stories. And, and the royals love horses the queen loves oh, horses perfectly. you know that's like the horse culture is very strong within the, the royal family so that that's so Absolutely. cool and then uh so so you were in charge of the marketing for this particular event so i imagine mm-hmm. that included uh working with the press and uh writing press releases and you know generating probably a social community all sorts of things probably went into this so you had to dive headlong into getting to know horses and what people like about horses and how the event works so that so you, you probably have quite a bit of knowledge now after coming out of, of working that event <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was a an interesting challenge you know and she wanted she wanted to do things differently she they they had been working on the event for, for quite a long time and you know they wanted to engage uh, particularly younger people uh, with equestrianism. So we had to come up with also some kind of interesting angles on it to, to bring new people in. So it was quite a challenge. Um, and it and it was one of those things where you kind of, you think you've got plenty of time. And then actually when you start getting in, into it, there was so much involved. But it was extraordinary. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's so exciting. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this a little more as we get into the interview, but you do enjoy taking on big projects. And we're going to talk about one of those here coming up in a minute. Uh, But first, you are an author. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your writing life and about Mm -hmm. your books. So tell us, like, what excites you about writing books? How did you first decide to become an author? Where did that come from? Well, I've, I've kind of been in writing and publishing all my life because I I actually worked in a publishing company um, and in fact I think that the the background that I had is quite interesting for authors that I talked to because I worked for a company called Book Club Associates Mm. and this was you know quite a long time ago and it was actually the predecessor to Amazon Mm. Uh, because it was an organization that sold uh, books through the post. I think Random House ran a similar thing in the States. Mm-hmm. And I, I ran the, the two biggest book clubs. So I was kind of deeply involved in direct, direct marketing. Um, and those kind of techniques are still very valid today. I mean, we use different methods, but, you know, the techniques are, are kind of um, are very similar. And so I've been involved in copywriting and writing in relation to books for for years. Um, And I've written articles and poetry, all sorts of, you know, areas that I've dabbled in. Um, I actually started writing my first novel based on my own experiences of moving to this little village in Oxfordshire um, because it was quite an extraordinary experience. 
um, because it was in the 90s and um, I'm gay and I moved there with my wife and it was a kind of like we're the only gays in the village and uh, we were kind of a little bit worried about moving into this quite conservative place um, and it turned out that we um, we were very popular and we were invited to lots of parties and um, eventually discovered that because we had moved into this little area of swingers <laughs> they were trying to recruit us so um so my story is is uh is based on that experience but i've kind of amplified it wow um, that's quite an experience i mean but how lovely too that you were you were embraced and then trying you were being recruited by singers oh goodness <laughs> that makes for a great book it, book uh, subject yeah bizarre <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, the village was what, you know, like, um, again, like the, the the equestrian angle, it was a very traditional village. You know, they had a hunt, you know, the, the, the typical um, hound hunting. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the fox hunting. Very, yeah, rural, yeah. <laughs> There's all sorts of quirky things going on in all sorts of places, right? So you just don't know what's under the surface. <laughs> so that's, so this book, so this experience like spurred on the idea of writing a book. So do you, do you have that book there? Is this book available? I do. This is, this is my book. It's called Gin and It. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I kind of, I went through a really interesting journey with it. Um, sadly, my my partner died oh, and um I couldn't uh, write for many years I I kind of went to it it was like the grief was very difficult to deal with and uh but uh about five years afterwards I kind of sort of cleared out my head of what was going on and in doing it I was able to write again and what was really lovely is that I managed to write it with a lot of her memories in it mm. and and she was kind of a, a very funny very wicked person <laughs> and uh and so there's a lot of her wickedness in the book <laughs> um it's kind of it's kind of like in a way it's a sad story but it's also you know um it's kind of taught me a lot about life and it's taught me a lot about delivering something very real in a book yes. uh i think is is actually in, important for us i think telling our stories um, is a really important or part of growth and life for other people to identify with our experience in life because we're all you know we're all in the same boat it's kind of we all need to learn from each other so um, so it's been a it's been a very cathartic experience and it's been a fun experience um, and and I really I really wanted to tell the story so badly that um, I actually decided to make um, a trailer, not a, not a typical book trailer, but a, a trailer as in a movie trailer, mm -hmm. uh, as if I had already made the movie to promote the book. Um, and that's led me on a whole, you know, bigger journey in terms of film and TV, which is, is has been really interesting. Yes, and, and that's why we're, you know, here today. So, and, and thank you for sharing that very personal story. And I completely agree with you that, you know, the, the, I think the reason why people write, and I truly believe that books show up in people's life when there's something for them to learn. Um, sure. We're all, like you said, we're all in this soup together. Everybody's dealing with something and we learn from each other. And I just wanted to make sure, so Gin, Gin in it is a, it's fiction based on real life. Is that correct? Just so I got that right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and what a lovely testament. I'm sorry for, for your loss, but 
you, you did something magical with that grief and you honored, you honored her. And I think that that's like a really special thing to be able to do. And I'm sure, like you said, it helps, it helped you express some of the grief that you're probably experiencing. And, and that's kind of a touching story. Thank you so much for being so raw and open with your emotion around, around your book, uh, which actually leads us, you mentioned this. So, you know, so, so this is generally how you became interested in taking books to, to screen, right? Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, about that? Because, because you have developed Books Office, which is a platform for taking books to screen. You know, mm-hmm. so talk to us about how you got the idea. Uh, you know, how did you get started? Where did this you know, books to screen interest come from? You know, talk to us about that. Sure. Um, well, I, I have this belief that there are a huge number of stories out there that are told in the pages of a book that um, that never make it to the screen. They, ne- they never are sort of realized in that way. And the traditional process is um, if you're lucky as a, as a writer, perhaps you might get an agent, an agent goes to a publisher, the publisher pushes the book. If you are one of the very small minority that actually um, get to the very top, you have a bestseller, and then the bestseller gets picked up and it gets made for the screen. And the premise obviously is that there's an audience waiting to see that story. But if you think about a script, a script has no audience. So the only difference between a script and a book is format. They're just Mm -hmm. written a different way. Mm -hmm. So in actual fact, it seems to me that there's like this massive potential to take stories that are already within a book, but maybe have not reached the status that you might expect as a producer to take it on and make the industry aware that there is a desire for those stories to be told. So that's really what Books Office is about. Um, And... The way that we're, um, we've set it up is that um, writers can add their books to the platform. Um, and we offer, that's free, and people can, you can link through to Amazon and promote your books that way. So that's just a, a, a kind of a way of helping people um, sell their books. Mm-hmm. But you can also submit your book to one of our projects. And each of our projects is to find a story to adapt for the screen. But the way that we, principal way we find that story is to open that up to the public. Mm. So what we allow every reader and every viewer to do is to come onto the site, they get five free votes, they go and look at the project and the stories in the project and pick the one that they would like to see on screen. I, you know, I, I love this concept. I think it is, it is so cool. So, okay, so I'd love to take uh, the route of the journey of the author who's, who comes onto books office and puts their books in there, like talk, talk us through how, because Michelle Holland, who is a fellow horse book author who was just on our show, did mm-hmm. submit her books to one of your, or a book to one of the projects and yeah. she was chosen for her book to be wow. developed yeah. into film. So yeah. Let, yeah. So I want to follow the journey of the, the author who gets involved with books office first, and then perhaps we'll shift over to the, voter voting process like for the fans like how that works because there's two different um ways that this works so let's talk first from the author perspective so say i take 
one of my books in, or all of my books, I have a book series and, and I've already put them on books office They're already there. Um, so what would be, how does it work for me? What are next steps in, in, um, deciding what I want to want to do with my books? So let's, um, let's say for example, that you felt your, um, book fits within the genre of drama. Mm -hmm. When we launch um, a drama project, you can then submit your book to that project. And what the system guides you through is seeing your book as if you were presenting it to a Hollywood producer. Mm. And so what you will do is you will go through the pr process of creating what we call a movie deck or a series Bible. And it's a guided process and it, encourages you to create a log line which is the typical way in which you crystallize what your story is about if you were presenting for a film uh, your story arc which is a little bit different to when you write on the back of a book you know you have a story synopsis but you don't really give very much away it's kind of just a tease mm -hmm. but when you're pitching um, for a movie you have to give a little bit more about the story arc it encourages you then to describe your characters so that the reader who come, comes on can start to identify with your characters and start to see what your, your characters look like. Um, and then it asks you to compare what your story might feel like or seem like if someone were to come and see it. And we encourage you to do that by saying, what would a, a, a reader or a viewer think that it might be similar to? Mm, that makes sense. So, yeah, and and actually, the the movie industry is doing that more and more. It's kind of like, what's my viewing experience going to be like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and and you, then you can re you can create a little thirty second pitch video, which could be um, it could be you saying vote for me, as in like presenting why your story will be really engaging for the viewer, or it could be a little synopsis of the story presented visually. I, I love that. And I love that it's guided it, because, because a lot of authors probably, you know, they need to get educated on how the process of doing this for, for film or screen works, you know, so the, so it's a guided process. So I decide I want to put my book in the drama project that you've just launched because that's what's available just then. I go yeah. through this, this process. This is not, this is not, I have to write a script yet, correct? That's correct. Okay, so I do all the, you know, the, the, mar the marketing, basically, of uh, the packet of what the movie would be. And then on the other side, so say my book is selected in this drama category, what happens after that? Do you have, like, film producers already looking for this sort of thing that you're going to share the winners with? Like, how, how does it, what happens after you win? Okay, so um, <clears throat> once you've submitted it, and then basically it's kind of like drumming up interest. We drum up interest on your behalf, mm -hmm. and you drum up interest to get people to vote. <clears throat> we have had the most amazing response to Books Office from the industry. Mm. Um, and it's, we've literally only just run our first project. Um, we've just we've started having meetings with production companies literally literary managers with major production companies are asking about what we have and how they can get involved so wow. it's it's a fantastic opportunity and you know we, we 
when we came up with the concept, you know, it wasn't possible really to understand quite how it would evolve and how it would be received. But I have to tell you, it's been amazing. And it's if you're an author, you literally have nothing to lose. Get on there because people are people are looking. You know, they're looking for stories. And with the development now of so much streaming material, with so many channels proliferating, they need content. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want quality content, but they want to be able to qualify it. And that's one of the things that Books Office does. Because first of all, you're going through that conversion process of pitching your story in a different way, in a way that they can understand. Mm-hmm. But you're also bringing audience. And that's that's the really key thing. It's like they're going, okay, well, people want this. People want this story. Yeah. Um, and it's not just about the winner either. It's like, you know, it, it basically, it's, it, it's putting a spotlight on those on the stories that are on there and people are starting to realize already what the quality of writing is out there that that there are these stories that maybe aren't rising to the surface through the typical channels mm-hmm. but nevertheless are worthy of considering for for this kind of process so actually it's it's it is literally causing a stir I was just going to say, this is like game changing and you're just in the infancy of it. You are essentially a startup right now and you've just completed your first project. I can only see the potential that this has as it continues to grow. That's amazing. So, and I love that. And I love, and I, and I do agree with you. I think that uh, the way things are done, you know, like independent publishing for authors has changed the way book, book publishing works. And I think that, you know, the same is going on with, uh, you know, how people are consuming TV and movies. And, and thank you for explaining the journey of the author who wants to get involved in what, what that looks like. Now let's talk about the audience that the author brings to Books Office and, and kind of guide us through what that process looks like for, you know, and I think that you're talking about not necessarily authors of books, but fans of books or people who are just fans of this whole movement in, in and of its own right that want to come on there and support this. So like, what do what does someone just coming out of books office that doesn't have a book to submit for a project but wants to see what's going on and participate like what does that journey look like sure well first of all i should say that 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 journey at the moment is in its infancy we've got lots of plans that are going to make this really exciting but so i'll tell you um how it's starting and then how it's going to evolve because i really want people to stick with the journey because the stuff that's coming in the future is really exciting um so first of all, everybody who, who joins is free to join and you get five free votes for um, each project. And uh, you can choose which books you can choose. You can make, you can choose five books and give them one vote each. You can give five votes to one book, however you want to play it. Mm-hmm. You can earn more votes by um, inviting friends. So if you invite two friends, you get five more votes. So you can vote you know, support your authors more and break down the, the people who you bring in get three votes too. You can also purchase votes. If you purchase votes, that money goes into the development fund that we use to support our authors, but it's also a reward scheme. Mm. And the reward scheme, um, basically the more you get involved, the more you get rewarded. And the reward scheme includes free books, for example, but it also goes right up to the opportunity to come to our film set 
and spend a day getting behind the scenes and meeting everybody and potentially if the circumstances are right being an extra in the in the filming well that's fun (laughs) that's fun um we're also uh moving into the direction where we want people to get involved with um grading the books to tell us how good they think they will be in terms of um adapting for tv so aside from the voting you get to tell us the books that you think are really important and we we're really keen to get people's um opinions because i have this feeling that it's like if you get a small group of people who really like a story if a small group of people like a story, then the likelihood is a big group of people like the story. Mm-hmm. So we want to get to the point on, on the website where people can literally say, do you know what? I think this should make a great TV series. And it will give them the ability to create a cluster of people around that story. And if they grow the cluster big, big enough, we will make a pilot or a trailer of that story. Wow. So the future, and that it'll take us probably another year or so to develop the system to to do that effectively because we have to have enough people on board to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But literally, there is the opportunity. To, it's almost like you can be a producer. That that is that's neat. I, I think that that would be neat for anyone who's interested in film or taking books to movie to be behind the scenes to to see how these things work. I, I love that. And then I was wondering too. Um, and I know that that your member journey is going to grow as as you continue to grow because this, we're talking like right at the beginning of books office and we will certainly have you back on the show as things develop to talk more about the growth and and the projects right because you're just about to go into developing your first project for screen so I would love to have you back a little later so we can talk about what that journey was like but but when an author submits their book and then you help them. Uh, work with pitching it to companies that want to make film or TV. Is there like some sort of contract where, because obviously you have to make money, right, in order to support this platform that you've created. There, there's an opportunity through sort of this membership for fans kind of space that you're developing. But is there any contractual agreement between the author around the intellectual property and then books office getting a little bit of, of whatever happens with the movie development in order to keep yeah. you afloat? We're basically like an agent mm-hmm. okay. and I'm, we're very, um, because it's new, we, we have to maintain some flexibility um, in terms of how we make that work. But essentially, um, there, there's lots of ways that you can, um, you can take a, a story and develop it. So the first thing is that for the winning author, we will create um, a trailer or a short movie of their story and we'll basically take them on that journey. In the, in the industry, it can be quite difficult for a journey to, uh, for an author to be involved in the journey of development because mm-hmm. what tends to happen is that someone takes an option on a book, that's it, it's gone, they basically do whatever they want to do with it. With our winner, we'll basically get them very involved they'll get involved with script writing they get involved with casting they'll get involved in see how we find the location how each of the team 
looks at their story. And I mean, that was one of the fascinating things for me in making, um, we actually filmed enough for a short for Gin and It, was seeing how each of the people involved in the filming process has a viewpoint. Mm. And a cinematographer is looking at, you know, how can he make his camera work to, to get the best angles? Where does the light come from? Um, you know, and he's kind of looking at scenes and locations and saying, how, how do we recreate this story? And a director is looking at the actors and saying, you know, this is how I want them to deliver. And an actor is saying, this is how I see this line. So the reality is that you get all these people who all have an input into the way in which the story evolves. And it is amazing if when you finally get on set and these people suddenly arrive and over four or five days, they shoot, they've never, most of them have never met before. And between them, they make this amazing creation and it is phenomenal. Um, and then after that process, then an editor, and you can cut that, that material a thousand different ways and get a thousand different results. That's right. And it is, it's just an incredible process. So for us, one of the things that's magical for the author who wins is for them to see that, mm. you know, to experience what it's like to see their story brought to life on screen. Oh, I love that. I mean, that is, that is great because that is, you're right. The author of the material often uh, someone will option their book and then it's like, bye, you know, you, you don't, you don't have a input or you don't even get to see how it develops. And as an author, I, w I would love that experience to be able to see, because I have a vision of what my books would look like as a movie. And I feel like almost having the author on board. I mean, there's obviously so many talented creative people that go that are involved in creating film, but I feel like what you're doing is great because having the author on board, you might actually get better movies because you know you're 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 with the living breathing human that created these things who has the vision and particularly for me when we talk about horse movies I would want to be on set anyway because I want I would like to see a good horse movie made often what's going on with horse movies is that the, the people that are making them they don't get the tack right or they you know add sound effects where a horse would make the noise or the people aren't right wearing the right attire or you know it's not authentic to what a real equestrian would see so having someone like that on set would make sure that the things were done correctly you know so I completely agree with you and I think authenticity is something that needs to evolve more mm -hmm. uh, and I you know it's quite interesting because I you know in reading Michelle's book and understanding that where she's coming from in terms of telling the story so so her story is 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 about Jacob the dog but it's told from his perspective. And, and, so, and so you suddenly start to see, okay, let's, set, let's be inside Jacob. So you imagine your camera is inside Jacob and you see every, the world from Jacob's perspective. Mm -hmm. and you start to then suddenly recognize, wow, a car must look really fast from down there in that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, you, and then you start to understand what, what, Michelle wants to deliver and and then so if you involve Michelle in that process and Michelle has she can convey what she's trying to deliver in that story then the story is going to have more value it's going to it's going to give a more powerful message and uh and so I'm really excited about that journey you know because we're all going to be 
dealing with a story that's completely new to us. And I think there'll be some really interesting, it, apart from the, the story itself, the technique of being able to deliver filmically something that's coming from literally every view is inside the dog will be really interesting. And I think it will be really interesting for people to engage with that. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I love this. And the, and the book you're referencing is Michelle Holland's Inside a Dog's Mind. Is that what that was what the book called it? Yeah. And uh, I will link to Michelle's episode here so you can learn a little bit more about Michelle uh, or in the show notes. I'm sorry. So you can learn about a little bit more about Michelle because Michelle introduced me to Aline and Books Office. And that's how the world works, right? We, we are introduced through our circle of influence. So the reason why Elaine and I are talking today are because of Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I love this. So, so like, as we're talking today, this is, you're at the beginning. You're really, I love this concept. I love what you're creating. Thank you for doing this. Um, where do you see books office and what you're up to in like five to 10 years? What, where do you, what, what do you envision? I would, I would love to think that, um, that books office will be powerful enough for audiences to be able to say this is what I want and people and it gets delivered and that their and that their journey goes with the story from book to screen Mm. Um, and I would love to think that in that process there is more diversity there is more representation there is more variety Um, I mean I'm not I'm not alone there are a lot of people in the industry, in the publishing industry, and in in the entertainment industry itself, who are frustrated by the narrowness mm. um, of um, the programming that we see, um, and you know, I think that does have to change. I I, I have this. Um, I, I love the quote by um, uh, the quote that says that um, life imitates art more than art imitates life. And if our art, in in terms of our entertainment, in terms of uh, Oscar Wilde, wasn't it? Yeah, who said that? Mm. Um, And it's, um, if our art doesn't represent us, if we don't feel represented in our art and life follows art, then we don't feel represented as people. And and that's really important. I I mean, it sounds grand, but I really do believe that entertainment is such a big part of our lives that it does inform our future. It does affect, you know, how we grow and develop. And in order for us to feel accepted in all our diversity and all our individualism, we have to be represented. And so I would hope that in five to 10 years time, I've had some influence in, um, in helping stories that that represent humanity in a in a broader sense get onto the screen. If that happens, I'll be a very happy happy person. <laughs> Not if when I believe when, when. I believe that this is that you are going to achieve that. And and thank you for passionately sharing where you see this going. And and I and I agree with you. And I'm I'm so excited to see where this goes. And I, I believe that that you are going to have an impact of that magnitude. Um, maybe even before five to ten years. So I'll be in your corner rooting for you. Hey, thank you. <laughs> what I also like about what you're doing um, is it says on the books office uh, website that as an indie or self-published author, you'll be aware of how tough 
it can be to get your book to the top of the pile and reach the audience it deserves. Well, Book's Office may just be what you need to make you stand out from the crowd, which we've sort of already talked about. But, you know, talk to us uh, about the challenges in the author. So I'm an independent author, um, and I think there's like a, a big movement around independent publishing right now. And there's a lot of us, particularly a lot of people I'm talking to that are equestrian authors uh, are in the independent realm. Um, you know, talk to us about the challenges indie authors face in this regard and how okay. Book's Office specifically helps independent authors but i i understand that you also work you will also work with traditionally published authors right so this is like no one's excluded but you are putting a spotlight on independent publishing am i right absolutely and um so i i think you know before i launched books office and when i was uh, looking at um marketing gin in it i really did quite a lot of research into this this the condition of the market and um and how uh, methods of marketing have changed um, and he, here's a something that's <clears throat> kind of interesting that people need to to be aware of and that's that Amazon now controls more than 50% of book sales worldwide and they have done something amazing in terms of opening up the world in, ter in terms of the capability to publish. Um, but at the same time, they've kind of shut some doors. And part of the issue is that they are the only people who have the information about audience. Mm. So they have a massive advantage in the marketplace. I mean, they own Goodreads now, so they have that, you know, under their belt as well. And if I, if I were to give one recommendation to an, uh, to an indie author is create a database. Make sure you know who your customers are. Mm. And you can still sell your books through Amazon, but come have a, a, so just a one-page website, um, simple website with a form on it. Create a way to engage your customer and collect it, their information. That's the only way you're really going to have authority when it comes to developing um, your sales. Um, so, so that would be my biggest recommendation. Um, somebody told me the other day, something like 98% of authors don't even have a website. Um, the reality is that most people write a book, they finish the book, and then they go, now what? Mm. And there's an awful lot of authors who think that if you put your book on Amazon, they're going to market it for you. And they don't. Um, the only time that Amazon markets your book is if you're in their top 100 seller list. And there are 10,500 top seller lists on Amazon. If you're in one of those, you know, you've got a chance. But the major publishers have learned how to play those lists. Mm. And so even though when that technique was originally developed, Indian self-publishing authors could find those little um, categories where it was easier to, to get a limited number of sales and get into the seller list and start that program going. That doesn't happen so much anymore because the big publishers have learned how to dominate those lists. Mm -hmm. So really, you, you need to have some control over who your customers are in, in order to move forward. The other thing I would say is collaborate. Because, 
you know, if you if you have one book, it's so tough, you know, to make a dent in the market. And we're not all, you know, prolific authors. Some people write a book and that's their their baby. You know, that's their kind of like real achievement in life. And it's really frustrating if you feel like you can't reach an audience with it. So so if you are in that case, if you if you've got one book, if you've got a limited number of books, collaborate with other authors and be open about supporting each other. Sometimes we get a bit defensive. It's like, well, if if I, you know, if I'm selling my book, I don't want them to sell their book. The truth is that readers are are really keen to read more. Mm-hmm. So collaborate with other authors, help each other create audience and share audience because that's really how you're going to grow. We are going to be actually be developing some reader uh, writer services on uh, Books Office. Um, my, I've, I've got an amazing development team, and we've come up with a plan to create. Um, there's a there's a, a a site called Wix where you can go and build a website. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do kind of Wix for authors. Oh, cool. And so we're going to try and make it really easy for you to to put your book onto a little website and start engaging customers and building a database. We've got loads of plans. We've got script writers are starting to get uh, developed script writing courses. Oh, cool. I love that. That's awesome. You know, these are all next steps that authors need to learn about if they're interested in taking their books to film. And I love that you're the concept is to create a platform where they can go and get everything in one spot and yeah. help guide them through the, the process. I love that. <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, I continue. I was just really excited because I want to learn I, mean, I want to learn about script writing so much. Yeah. Well, the script writing thing is really important. And I'll I'll tell you something that's that's quite interesting in um or there's this, this sort of belief in the entertainment industry is that you know people go, oh there's not enough money or you know, there is money. Uh, the biggest lack is good scripts. Mm. And so what we're going to do is developing this, some courses that are specifically about adapting a book. Because cool. it, it is a different technique to, 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 to pre-writing a script, you know, with, it, with a story. So, so we're, we've got some people lined up to, to help us develop that. Um, another thing that we are doing is... Um, a lot of people use Calibre um, to convert books. So we're going to offer um, people the ch- to You can either just test. You can upload your Word manuscript, create it in any format that you need for a reader and make sure it's coming out the right way. And if you want to put it somewhere else, that's fine with us. But you will also be able to load up your books on Books Office. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, we've all got all sorts of little plans to help and and you know what you said before you said it you put it you put the nail on the head all in one place mm. you know, one of the things that's really challenging is like you, you okay you've got a website now you have to get a mail chimp or a, a mailing list then you have to link your website to the mailing list and then you have to work out how to give people free books if you want to do reader magnets and does that and it's like this complicated process of going from one place to another to try and put it all together and we're going to try to put it in one place for you oh awesome that would be helpful yeah because it's like you start with this this ball and then you like it's like it'd be it's like sticking gum you know yes. with all these different things that you have to keep building onto what you created it's like you wind up with this gigantic gumball that's linked yeah. to 
all these different places it's like new thing, new thing you know yeah I that, that has been my experience is that you know it's like yeah. it, it it's like one baby step at a time but this thing that you end up building you know a few years in is like this giant gumwad and you're like where's everything going yeah. <laughs> it's weird I might it's like you know and it feels complicated you know it's mm-hmm. like oh another thing I've got a bolt on you know it's like, right if I had to go back and start it all over again sometimes I think like I don't even know if I can remember all the things that I did it was just yeah. like one project at a time and just like you said bolting something new that yeah. I've learned onto you know what I already created so yeah it's that would be an amazing resource for independent authors to, and people who are interested in taking their books to screen uh, to have everything in one place and all the coaching that they need and all the resources and the tools because there is there's so much to learn you know because you take a 80,000 word book to a screenplay and how many words does that wind up being you know not very many right no it's, it's actually there's some sort of very standard rules it's like a, an a4 page of script is one minute on screen mm. um, but what's really interesting when you start going through the process of reading a book and finding um, the elements that are going to make up the script is that you could have three pages of uh, description that ends up being one line of dialogue and a brief you know because you in a book you build this um kind of world in people's imagination through words and there's lots of words but if you imagine you then take you pair that back to a script and you might have spent three pages creating the look of this room because it's important and on screen that's like a living room <laughs> it's like and it's like oh <laughs> You know, that's one tiny, tiny piece of uh, of, of, a, of a script. And the, and the other thing that's really interesting is how you have to adapt uh, metaphors. Mm. So, so for example, um, you know, in a book, you might describe what someone is thinking, but you can't see you can't see what someone is thinking on the screen. So then you have to find a way to create a metaphor for what they what they might be thinking so a visual metaphor comes out of that thought process and so there are some like really interesting techniques about adapting a book that are different to writing a script and it's fun you know I mean it can be a really enjoyable process but you you're right I mean you could you could have like a a 20,000 word novella that is a full film or you could have 120,000 words in your book and it's a short movie you know it's Mm -hmm. like there's so many different ways to kind of look at what what a book can become you know from a screen perspective that is so that's so neat and I you know I, I love the idea of that you know and it and I love that you said it doesn't have to be hard you just have to know how to do it and, and be willing to so it's almost like a, a whole new creative entity that comes from something that you had once written you have to rely on your cinematographer to create your world through yeah. the visuals you have to rely on your characters and their chemistry to create the relationships that you have envisioned so I it's just how neat I can't even I would love to be like involved in seeing all that happen so I love that you're bringing this to life what is some like what is something for you that's been the hardest part about developing books office and pulling all this together and essentially running a startup business as an entrepreneur that's what you're doing so what's what's been the hardest part for you about this whole journey resources Mm. Uh, I mean it's really difficult because it I I think that the the challenging part is that 
the book's office kind of feels for me like the culmination of everything that I've done in my life. Mm. Because I've worked in publishing, I worked in um, cable TV, I've worked in marketing. So it's kind of like, and, and I've been an author, so it's kind of like pulled all of those things together. Um, but it's a vision, you know, it's kind of like the, my vision for books office is that it's big, this big entity and you have to start from this really small place. And it's, it's kind of frustrating, um, because you just have limited resources and you have to put like steps in the right place. And, you know, in an ideal world, I just like go, okay, you know, I'll have three people in my marketing department. I'll have a, you know, an HR person, blah, blah, blah. I'll have four more people developing it. And it would just go. Pfft. Right. Um, but the reality is that you have to start with a kernel or something and, and test and test and test. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that I think probably is frustrating for the, for the, has been a little bit frustrating for the authors is that in the development process, you build something based on theory. And so you you kind of do as much as you can to test whether the system delivers what you want it to deliver. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that when people come in, you can't predict exactly how they're going to use the system. And sometimes they don't use it the way that you anticipate. So there's a lot of um, kind of evolo- evolution that has to go on to, to develop a platform that, that users feel comfortable with. Sure. And because Books Office is intended to be something very interactive and very big, people kind of get a bit frustrated that they can't just go vote. <laughs> it's like, okay, now you've got to register, you've got to, you know, set up a little profile. And But the point is that further down the road, we're hoping... And I, I'm sure, you know, that that people will love getting involved with that whole kind of entertainment process. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want we do want to know. We want to know if people want to see Brad Pitt in that movie. You know, we want to we want to know if, um, you know, Jennifer Aniston should be playing the lead role in this story. You know, it's like we do want people to to have some fun with mm-hmm. um, the whole entertainment process you know um so so it is a little bit frustrating starting with limited resources in this kind of small environment um but the way i think the way it will grow will grow will 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 be exciting for people yes you're you're creating your ball of gum you know you're starting here and you're gonna keep sticking the stuff to it your your gumball is starting uh your your wad of gum I, you know, that's a weird analogy, but I think, you know, it's sort of like that, but that, and that's really exciting. And, and like we said earlier in the interview, this is just the infancy of this project that you're working on. And I, I really do see that, you know, once you've done the testing and you've figured it out and you've gone through a couple of projects, there is a story, I believe that you can tell around what you're creating that is going to engage, not just the creative community, but people that support it yeah. to get involved. I mean, look at, Look at the success of Patreon. Patreon is a mm-hmm. is a place where uh, people who love a band or people who love an author or people who love a filmmaker or people who love a particular creative can go and donate, you know, three dollars a month, which is the cost of a coffee, to yeah. support this author or this musician to make things faster, right? So pe- there are people that are interested in supporting being patron of the arts, and this is just a, this is another platform for 
them to do that and have a say in what content is being created. I just, I see once, once you get out, get everything like aligned, that there is just a huge story through a PR movement that you can push out and just bring people to you. And then it, it could be like right. the whole next Facebook for creatives, who knows, you know, but I, there's so much potential and I, I understand that want to go fast, you know, and get it going. Yeah. And I understand the restraint of resources and time is a resource that's often Whoa. constrained too, right? You can't get enough time in the day to get everything created that you want to get into the world. And, you know, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky because I met, um, I actually met an actress uh, who's very famous in the UK, um, Leslie Ash. And uh, she was in a TV series called Men Behaving Badly. And, um, She's done lots of uh, British TV and she actually stepped up to play one of the roles in Gin and It. And she's now my business partner on. Oh, cool. And, and which is amazing. And, and so we have, and I, I, I want, I really would love to do this in other parts of the world, but she, um, sh her husband owns uh, a, a quite trendy bar in London. And so now every month we have an event for our authors and we have actors and producers and writers and authors who all come together in this room and have a few drinks and kind of, and just chat about you know what's going on in the industry what they'd like to do and it's a fabulous networking event um and it's kind of like it, it really gets people inspired you know to 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 finish their stories to write something else to go for for you know the opportunity to, to go from from book to screen and it's it's interesting what you say because I think the the opportunity to create a closer relationship between authors and the entertainment community the, the you know the the crew and the cast and the producers is 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 a fabulous one because you can just see people starting to get really inspired mm -hmm. by talking about their stories and you know of course actors are they they want stories they want roles you know they're they're born to perform you know and so they're they're really interested in talking to authors they want to know about your characters they want to know what the opportunities are to play those characters and it's wonderful to watch authors talking to actors oh i have goosebumps i love this that's so exciting that is so cool and uh I just love that. And, and I want to, you know, circle back to something you said, that was collaboration, which is what you recommended, you know, collaborate with, it doesn't just have to be artists or authors in your same niche. It's the community of people. Oh. Like, you know, there's so, co collaboration always inspires and it's, we're not each other's competition. We lift each other up when we work together. Absolutely. And I love yeah. that. Okay. So I asked you the hardest thing. I think you might've just mentioned a little bit of the, you know, the, the best part of being it is like this collaboration that you see going on and connecting the authors of the industry. But you know, what else do you, have you really enjoyed about what's been the best part about this process that, that for you? It's inspiring people. You know, it's been, I, it, I'll tell you a story um, that will come out quite, quite soon and I'll, I'll give you the nub of it. But so I, I met with a friend when I was, I, the website hadn't launched. I told her what I was intending to do. And, you know, I said, I really want to help people tell stories who maybe haven't had a voice. It's just, I just feel like there's so much potential out there. Um, 
And she said, I'm, she said, I want to show you something in my, on my bookshelf. And she took me to see her bookshelf and there were 14 manuscripts on this bookshelf that had never seen the light of day. And this lady, uh, she's a wonderful woman, but she, um, she's a photographer actually, but she used to run a fan club for a very famous pop singer in the UK. And these books had been written by this pop singer's brother. Oh, wow. And he is now 75 years old. And these books have never seen the light of day. And she, he had made an audio recording of one of them, which I listened to, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you, you know, do you, she said, oh, he's given up on it. And I said, do you think he talked to me? So I went to see him, and he's a really fascinating man. And I said, well, would you just send me one or some of your books that you, you would like, you know, potentially to see out in the world? And he sent me this trilogy. And it is epic. Oh, I mean, wow. it's unbelievable. And um, and they're going to be published. Oh, wow. You had a yeah. piece in, in bringing his dream to life. I mean, I'm so glad you shared the story because how many creative people do you think have manuscripts possibly sitting on their shelves that are never going to see the light of day that are wonderful? And what would you say to those people? What would you say to those people, Elaine? You know, if you even... People get sort of like uh, hung up on being judged. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people were kind of like, well, what if it, no, it goes nowhere or what if it doesn't happen? I will, I'm going to come back to something earlier that I talked about, which was kind of very emotional. And that was my, um, my first wife passing. And this, I can tell you, everybody with 100% certainty, at the end of the day, you get one life. What you don't want to do is to get to the end of your life and say, why didn't I do that? Mm. And it doesn't matter whether you sell one book or 50 books or 50,000 books. What matters is you told your story. And, you know, just do it. Just, you know, it, I, you do have to, you have got to sort of like go through the process of understanding how to put the thing out there. But just do it. Just get your story out there. There's an audience for every story. And, and our stories are really important. And as you say, it could be, it could take off. It could find its home. It, you know, there's all sorts of ways that stories get found. But the most important thing is for you personally, tell your story. Yeah. Oh, I, am so, I am so moved right now. And, you know, I, I love that analogy, too, of like, you don't want to get to the end of this one beautiful, authentic, unique life that is all your own because there's never going to be another you. There's never going to be another me. Um, and say, why didn't I do that thing I wanted to do? And uh, I mean, I think that is the most incredible advice that you can leave with any creative or anybody who has a burning dream or burning desire to just, it's scary. Oh my goodness, is it scary? Being, you know, putting something beautiful like that you made into the world to have people either love or hate is very scary but I think it's more scary to to be like I never did anything and, and yes. why because I was too afraid right yes. so great advice Elaine and I have so enjoyed having you on the show today I feel like I could talk to you for like another three hours and we will certainly revisit this conversation and I'd love to talk to you again after you get your first project underway and you start building books office into this 
beautiful, wonderful thing that it, it is already is, but I think it's going to continue to become this amazing entity for creatives. So thank you for the work you're doing. Would you please share with people where they can find you and more information about Books Office online, which I'll also link to in the show notes so people can direct, get directly there. Sure. First of all, I want to say thank you very much. I've absolutely loved talking to you. If you're a writer or a reader or a viewer and you want to um, get involved, just go to booksoffice.com. It's free to sign up. Um, and uh, there's no reason not to. There's lots of people looking at it. It's a great opportunity. So do that. So the first thing is booksoffice.com. Um, go to the group, join the Facebook group. Uh, there's a Facebook group. There's a lot of fun going on in there. There's lots of um, kind of updates on what we're doing, lots of pictures from our events and people kind of like uh, quite buzzy in there. So that's a really good place to go. I'm actually quite shy. So um, you can find out a bit about me. Well, I will always talk to people. So I, I have a Facebook page. Um, you can find out about Gin and It on ginandit.tv. Yeah. So I've got a Facebook authors page and my personal page. So, you know, um, yeah, get in touch. Okay, <laughs> awesome. And I'll, I'll link to those pages in the show notes so people can get to you easily. And Elaine, I am just so excited and so inspired having just talked to you. And, you know, you don't occur to me as shy at all. So <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, though, because a lot of us, a lot of us creatives are a bit introverted and a little bit shy. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. I cannot wait to get this episode out and hopefully you'll see a surge of new authors come to your site and support what you're doing. Fantastic. It's a lovely to talk to you really anytime. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes and make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author, who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle.